Have you ever been so confused about the state of your relationship that you actually paused and you asked the question, what are we? What is happening? What direction are we headed in? Because I am severely confused. In my opinion, there is never a good enough reason for a relationship to arrive at this point. But if this is your experience, please take a listen and I can promise you, you will not end up in a situation like that again. Welcome to Blended. I am your host, Jeremiah Wallace, and my goal is to see blended families thriving. If you are navigating this experience, then you're in the right place. This podcast is purposed to provide support, information, and the encouragement that we need to fulfill our family's potential. What is going on, everybody? We have another great episode in store for you. This will be the last one where we are referencing this concept of being stuck without commitment. We're specifically focusing on the question, what are we? I almost said, what even are we? But, you know, I'm trying to (laughs) I'm trying to be a little less practical and maintain a little bit of the English language. I want to keep it intact. But there is definitely a little bit of an attitude, a frustration that comes with posing this question. Think about being in a relationship, whether it's a former experience or you are going through it right now, quite literally. And you're asking the question about your relationship. What are we? What even is this right now? There is frustration that comes with that. That's because it points to a lack of clarity. The absence of understanding, clearly something is amiss and two people are not functioning on the same plane. And that results in this question being asked because we, we've arrived at a point where answers are necessary for everybody's sake. That being said, if you arrive at a point where you are asking this question, you are likely in a situationship. That is uh, officially a 2023 term, I believe, that points to confusion within your relationship, or maybe you are in an entanglement of sorts. There, are, These are just terms that really, they get away from the crux of the situation. And while the situation is mostly desirable and there are good things, there are highlights, there is affection, there are solid moments within the relationship as far as the exchange between these two people. But there is disorder. There is a lack of peace. And therefore, we arrive at this point where we're just like, dude, what is even happening right now? So we're going to talk about that. It is a form of being stuck absent of commitment. And this is not an experience that is relegated to young people, young people being 20 years old, possibly maybe early 30s or something like that. There are people in their 40, 50, 60 years old talking about <laughs> what is even happening right now. What are we doing? This is a an experience that does not discriminate based on one's age or experience. And that's not to say that we cannot or should not completely avoid arriving at this point. I don't believe that this is an experience that must happen by any means. And we'll be talking about three ways in which 
We can avoid the whole "what are we" question altogether. But if we are not careful and we are unprepared, then we can end up seventy-three years old asking <laughs> what is happening in this relationship right now, and that is not a highlight. That anyone wants to stumble upon it. It is not. That is not a a checkpoint that anybody aspires toward in their life. So let's talk about how we can avoid eventually asking this question of what even are we? I feel like there are a ton of things that we can do, but there are some in particular that are especially important, in my opinion. So, firstly, and this seems pretty obvious on the surface, but there should be both a willingness and a readiness to enter into a relationship. It's kind of strange. We've arrived at a point where we are prepared and we exercise intention in so many other areas, and it's not comparable when we think about how we approach a relationship with another human being that we are likely. To spend a significant amount of time with, and honestly, <laughs> I'm I'm old enough where a significant amount of time is like a week.、Uh, but if you think about investing months, years, the rest of your life with another individual, that foundation, the first steps that are taken in order to establish longevity, are there. It's essential. It's super important. But we do this absent of intention, and I think both willingness and readiness is important because if you come into a relationship and you're willing, that's cute. That's super great that you're willing to start a relationship. There are a ton of people that are willing to start a relationship, but are you ready? Is that person ready to step into such a commitment? And then on the other hand, there is a kind of like a readiness, like your life is set up in such a way that you could do relationship, but the willingness just isn't there. For instance, someone can be ready for a relationship in their finances, in their living situation. They kind of got over whatever the previous relationship consisted of, so their environment would allow for them to entertain a relationship to a degree. But the willingness to To invest intentionally and purposefully and personally over an extended period of time is not there. The genuine willingness to do relationship and what it takes to be successful in a relationship isn't present. Then, if you throw in the factor of a child or children. Being present and all that the blended family dynamic has to offer, the willingness along with the readiness need to work together. And I know that this sounds boring, and as if I am robbing people of the opportunity to romanticize. And I and I am a little bit. I am kind of being a Buzz Killington to a degree. But it's important that we're both willing and ready, and we are doing this with intention. We're not these people that don't have things at stake. I remember when I was younger; I was probably about eighteen years old, I believe, seventeen, eighteen, and this was with one of my ex-girlfriends. There was a period of time where we were talking, hanging out, and prom was coming up. And because I'm just like do to do to do in my brain, and we're spending a sufficient amount of time together, I totally just assumed that we would be attending prom together. 
I did not do the whole gesture of popping the question or whatever. Prom was approaching and I never asked. We did go together, but I exercised like zero intention because I'm young. There's not so much that I have to lose. We're already spending some time together so I can do the assuming thing. So kind of stumbling into this scenario and I don't even recall Maybe I'm sure I did ask to be, you know, official boyfriend, girlfriend at some point, but that was me stumbling into the situation, allowing things to fall into place. And at that point, 17, 18 years old, I don't have much to lose. I'm just, I'm not the smartest individual in the world. We're just allowing things to fall where they may. And that process is cute and we can afford to do that when we are a bit younger, but we consider the scenarios that we find ourselves in, the adult circumstance that we face currently, and who wants to do that? Literally, I think about the just being in a place where I'm wondering something so trivial as having to define a relationship. I legit feel taxed right now <laughs> just thinking about it. Dating in 2023 is wild. I have no doubt about it, but we do not want to stumble into our relationship or some kind of situation that we are not able to adequately or accurately define. So just as we seek employment with intention, as we go to the grocery store with the intention to buy some things in order to make a specific meal or whatever, as we seek the services of a contractor or a plumber to handle a certain something in our home, all of the above are done with focus, intention, and a desire for a specific outcome. And if we can exercise intention with these smaller matters, then we should definitely be up for it when it comes to our relationship. So that's the first thing that I believe people need to avoid or be mindful of in order to avoid the whole what are we situationship or entanglement. <laughs> uh, moving on to the second thing, I also believe that avoiding being driven by emotions and feelings, there tends to be a phase of infatuation when it comes to relationships. And when you think about it, it makes sense. This is something that I speak about on a regular basis because it is during this period of time that can last anywhere between two weeks to like three years, <laughs> we can be fairly obsessed with the individual in question. We can arrive at a point where we believe that God designed this person in the most perfect fashion. This is an infallible human. This is the first perfect human and I am in love with them and they are in love with me. They were designed specifically for me. And every time I look at them, I witness the circular ring above their head, often referred to as a halo. <laughs> I see the wings every time they, they walk across the room. This is kind of what we experience during this phase of infatuation, where our feelings for this person are very strong 
and their feelings for us appear to be strong as well. But it's important that we are not entirely inspired by this phase that is here now and it will likely end. And don't get me wrong, these feelings, they, they're strong for a reason and there is a reality to them very likely. So it is okay for us to acknowledge the fact that we are experiencing something pretty strong toward another individual. But there is a difference between acknowledging and appreciating what we are feeling and being led by them as far as our feelings dictating the decisions that we're making and that those essentially being our validation for what it is that we do or don't do. There are times when you think about substance use and the feelings that those things provide. Alcohol, for instance, is a substance that will cause our body to experience something hormonally that's consistent with the same hormones and dopamine spikes that are associated with strong infatuation toward another individual. And we all know that we should not make decisions and do things in response to what we're feeling when alcohol is in our system. The same can apply when we have strong affections toward another individual. When we make decisions based on those feelings, we will likely put ourselves in a situation that sounded really good at the time. But in reality, those short term decisions that are made in response to that high that we are experiencing can cause us to suffer some long term consequences. So pacing ourselves and being objective in the decisions that are being made, the feelings that are being felt, we want to think of things from a perspective of long-term success. And in order to do that, the way in which we sow today, our investment today will set us up for success tomorrow. We're so enthralled by the moment that we are in. It's important for us to be present in our lives. It's easy for us to be stuck in the past or consumed with the future, but it's important and it's a great thing. It's worth celebrating being present in our daily lives, but we also need to invest for tomorrow. We don't want to just be concerned with right now or even next week. We want to make the type of decisions that will allow for us to reap the benefit of whatever it is that we are sowing 10 years from the moment that we are in. And I know it's really difficult to kind of assume what that may look like, but it's important for us to live in such a way today that we'll be able to pat ourselves in the back and realize that what I did 10 years ago, the decisions that I made at that point are what have allowed for me to be in this position right now. And honestly, I can I can say that I'm living that. I'm living la vida loca <laughs> right now. The decisions that I made five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years ago, it's wild to think about it, 12 years ago, 15, I don't know about 15, I was a mess at that point, but I think about the decisions that I made at that point, and I am reaping the benefit, I am living a life that is essentially the harvest of the toiling that took place years ago. And that's a really cool thing to pause and to be able to reflect and celebrate that in all of us. Each of us can do the same if we are able to exercise a level of self-control today. 
And if we really take the time to think about it, we think about our cherished relationships, the people that we are the most fond of. We are fond of those people and those relationships are strong because those individuals showed up for us in one way or another or in many ways in spite of feelings. For those of us that have strong relationships with our parents, we love them much, not just because of everything that they've done for us, but specifically because they showed up for us in those moments unbeknownst to us when they didn't feel like it. When they didn't feel like coming to the games, when they didn't feel like supporting our tantrum, when they didn't feel like having those conversations with us, when they didn't feel like being there for us, they were there. They showed up. And as a result, the bond between us is extremely strong. And you can think about your other relationships, anybody that's been present for five, 10 or more years. There are moments where they weren't feeling it but they were still available in one way or another. And the very opposite is likely true for our strained relationships, whether there was a a role that someone should have operated in, they promised to operate in a certain capacity, but they didn't. And that's likely because their desire didn't match up with the responsibility We can think about those that have experienced a divorce. Obviously, vows are crucial. They are those are strong. Those are it's an exchange of very strong terms concerning the relationship. And what that requires is what someone's communicating in sickness and in health, all of the above. It's saying, regardless of how I feel, regardless of our circumstance and how things are set up in our relationship, I'm going to show up. I am going to operate in a certain capacity. Uh, It is my duty not to bring you pleasure and make you happy and feel good and all that stuff. My duty is to operate as husband or as a wife and to continue to show up in your life regardless of how I'm feeling. Is it easier when it's happy times, things are are going well and we're vibing like easily without resistance? Of course, but it is more valuable. The relationships and the marriages that we celebrate that have been together for 30 plus years, we love to see it because not just because, oh, wow, human beings (laughs) can make it work for that long. No, what we are really celebrating is the fact that these people continue to show up for one another in in spite of circumstance or emotional states. And we eventually arrive at that point because we practice it early and often. We don't just stumble upon this period of time where we're just like, okay, let's transition into our commitment, taking precedence over our feelings. No, we have to do that now. We have to do that today. Oftentimes you hear whether you've said it out loud yourself or you hear from friends or other situations where they're just like, I want things to be like they were before. And Those people are oftentimes referring to that infatuation phase where feelings were strong, where this person was continuing to show up for me. And it makes sense for people to aspire toward getting back to that moment, getting back to that phase. But we shouldn't aspire toward infatuation and strong feelings. We should hope for commitment and two people showing up for one another when emotions are high or in the absence of emotions. 
And honestly, when it comes down to it, you talk to somebody who ends up in a place where they're asking the question, asking themselves or their significant other, what even is happening? What are we? What is this relationship? You can look back not too far and see that it was a bit of a whirlwind. Things moved really quickly and the couple in question likely won't be able to relay the steps that they had taken to arrive at the point that they have, because it's very likely that things were just happened. We allowed things to unfold. Maybe there was some determinations and some convictions and aspirations uh, concerning the future that were communicated. But as far as being strategic in the relationship, where they're, where they're going, how they're going to get there, that likely hasn't transpired. Or what had been exchanged or shared was vague enough to kind of allow for the both of them to assume that they are together in all of it. Similar to what I experienced with the the former girlfriend in that we were together. The feelings or emotions were obviously strong, but there were definitely more assumptions being made than strategies being recognized and, and practiced for the sake of our success. And I am thankful that I had no idea what I was doing back then because I am winning today. <laughs> All right. Last thing that we must avoid in order to escape the whole what are we question altogether, we need to avoid compromising our priorities and devaluing our resources, those being our, our time, our energy, and everything that we have to offer ourselves as well as anybody else. And I will tell you, if we do not enter into relationship with a readiness and willingness, if we are driven by our emotions when it comes to that window of time where infatuation is drawing us in, then it is extremely easy for us to become disorganized in our priorities. And we will absolutely throw out value when it comes to our time, our energy and our resources. Those will be completely out of whack. And I want to explain or illustrate two different people. And you can tell me which of the two are functioning on one side of that spectrum of valuing themselves and prioritizing correct compared to the other who is likely operating on the opposite end of the spectrum. You be the judge. So the expectations of one individual that is courting, dating, whatever you want to call it, um, they desire clarity from someone concerning their short term as well as their long term motives for the relationship. They expect or desire plans to be communicated with an adequate amount of time to schedule around and prepare for in every which way. This individual also expects their significant other love interests, whatever you want to call them, to have the ability to address whatever conflict that may arise as an adult and in a respectable manner. And lastly, this individual also expects their significant other to have the ability to adjust their expectations in light of challenging circumstance. So a little bit of flexibility when life happens. 
And at this point, you guys can probably draw your conclusions concerning where on the spectrum this person is operating. But we're going to go ahead and complete this illustration for the sake of it. Now, there is another individual who in relationship, they put up with a lack of clarity and they are willing to deal with inconsistency between the words and the behaviors of the person that they are interested in. They also quickly adjust their schedule time after time when last second plans are being made or expressed out of nowhere. Um, there's also a tendency to deal with high emotion conflict and this person also accepts the eventual apology that is to come um, without actually addressing the issue at heart. And lastly, this individual in relationships, they are regularly concerned with the response of their partner and, and regularly making efforts to assure them and to keep them comfortable, keeping circumstance from causing some form of reaction or irritation. So it's very apparent <laughs> where these people are coming from. Obviously, the first person is maintaining their priorities and they value themselves personally and therefore their time, their energy and resources are being expended in a way that doesn't compromise themselves personally, but gives enough room for this other individual to kind of show who they are and how they're going to show up for this relationship. While the second individual is essentially operating in dysfunction and disorder, they've kind of thrown their priorities out the window if they have any. And then concerning valuing themselves, that's just maybe something that they haven't experienced personally. Maybe it's not something that they've deemed important or they genuinely just don't know better. And this is a familiar place that a lot of people find themselves. And then all of a sudden, again, with this whirlwind experience and all these things that happen and they believe they've found the right thing, a good thing, but they end up in a moment where they're asking what is happening? Why are things as they are? What is this relationship or why is it in the state that it is in? And it's likely because this early, these early stages weren't handled appropriately. And while the way that you finish is more important than how you start, oftentimes the way that you start will serve as a significant indicator as to how things will finish. And the verse in Amos chapter three, verse three in the Bible, it reads, can two walk together unless they are agreed? And it's referencing God's relationship with the people of Israel and ultimately the people of Israel conforming to the will and the purpose, the commands of God and them walking in the same direction. But it also pertains to relationships, I believe, in one person being with another, unless we are walking in accord with one another in agreement. How is it possible that we do so together? I think about when we're like holding hands with somebody and it's already a struggle if one person is taking a step forward with the left foot and the other person is taking a step forward with their right. There's like this little <laughs> bumping 
action that happens, especially if your spouse or your girl, like if the hips don't lie, you know, and that applies to both me and my wife, <laughs> our hips don't lie. You know what I mean? So there's some jogging, there's some bumping that transpires. But I think about the relationship of, of other people. And not only is one foot or the opposing feet leading, oftentimes one person is walking while the other is jogging that representing the difference in expectations. One person is crawling or doing some form of tumbling while the other person is in a full speed sprint. Like there are all types of ways in which we can kind of determine that these relationships are operating on at different paces, different expectations, and therefore the outcomes become extremely different. And we arrive at a point where it's just like, what is happening? What are we really? And that is not a place to look forward to. And it is not the end of the world if you find yourself at this point, but it is important to look back and realize some of the missteps and to see if something can be done to reestablish the foundation that should have been in place. We take some paces backwards in order to continue to move forward because being stuck without commitment is garbage. I hope for some of you, this was of help. You guys are amazing and we will see you next time. Not literally like see you, but you know what I mean? Peace. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you heard something throughout the episode that could make all the difference. Please take a moment to subscribe so you don't miss out on any of that blended goodness. Episodes are up and running on the second and fourth Wednesday of each month. Until then, do not settle for anything less than what's possible.